0: Thank you for joining us this week. Dr. Linstead is away at a prophecy conference, so I'm here to introduce the episode. Two weeks ago, we began a series called Weathermen for the End Times, and Dr. Linstead noted that some of the most severe rebukes in the Bible were to those who could discern the weather, but not the times. Headlines have been so incredible in the last weeks, or even months, I would say, and they are an exact fulfillment of what the Bible says will happen in the last days. On this part two, Dr. Lindstedt speaks about the red heifer and why it is so important in the last days. Again, thank you for joining us this week. Enjoy.
1: Here's another story in the news, Ashes of the Red Heifer. There's a handout that I've got some guys that are going to give you. Didn't want to give it to you ahead of time because I knew you'd be reading it while I'm trying to talk to you. And uh, so there's, a, there's more, way more details than that than I'm going to be able to cover. But what's interesting is this. Matter of fact, some of you remember 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we, we began talking about the red heifer. And I remember people used to tell me, don't preach out of the Old Testament, preach out of the New Testament. And then I said, well, what about the verse in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 9 that says the idea that, that we're cleansed by the blood of a sacrifice, and it puts away the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer. And so there it is. It's in the New Testament. But here's why it's important because you see israel is really concerned with ritual purity they have a they have a whole system they have mikvahs they have baths and and you see them as they prepare to to do their cleansing you see them up there in the one picture is they inspect a, a little animal getting ready to sacrifice it and you'll see the instruments they have to to catch the blood there's even an announcement on the temple mount it says according to the torah it's forbidden for any jew to enter the temple mount due to its sacredness but once the ashes would be obtained they could purify a priesthood they could purify uh the the high priest of sanhedrin they begin to to do the whole process again so all of the old covenant all the old testament has been fulfilled by jesus and that's the thing that's important but what is also significant is this numbers 19 gives the story of the ashes of the red heifer Think about Numbers 19. How long ago was that? Wow, back when Moses was on the earth. And, and so the first one came based on, on the story in, in Exodus 19. And it came from, um, from cows that were black and white or black and white or striped and speckled because remember, they belonged to Jacob. And how did Jacob get his cattle? From his father-in-law. And remember, his father-in-law tricked him. Jacob served for seven years, got a wife. The next morning, he found out he got the wrong girl. He went to his father and said, hey, that was a dirty trick. And he says, well, we have a custom in our country. The older girl gets married first. Then the next one, serve me seven more years, you'll get her. Now, the Bible is kind to her and says that she was so ugly that she could stop an eight day alarm clock. And so and so Jacob says, Okay, he serves seven more years. And by the time he's done, he serves 12, 20 years. And every year, his father in law would decrease his wages. Finally, Jacob decides to leave. And when he does, he made a deal with Laban. He said, All right, I want to take all the spotted cattle and all the speckled cattle, I, I'm going to go. And out of that herd of spotted and speckled cows, somehow, Numbers 19, God provided a totally solid red heifer. Read the specifications. Two hair could not be white or gray. The hooves, the hair, everything had to be red. And God provided that. And they would sacrifice it, they would burn it, they would put the ashes. And when those ashes then would be used to... to Uh, mixed with water, so that if somebody was contaminated, maybe through a disease, or maybe had touched somebody who was dead, that person would go outside the city. A priest then would, would inspect them. If they had no impurities, no germs, then they would take water with ash, they would sprinkle it on them, and now the person, the priest, would become unclean and could not go back in the city. But the person who touch grandma who died or had a disease and is now cured, could go back. In other words, the person, the, the priest would bear the sin or the impurity of the person. What a picture of Christ. So they have been looking and through the, the history from Numbers nineteen until the destruction of the temple in seventy AD, every time they would run out of ash, here's what the Jews say, God miraculously provided a red heifer through a variety of ways. Matter of fact, on one occasion, a group from here, as we went to Israel, we, we met uh, on a kibbutz, a dairy kibbutz. Every cow was black and white, except for one by the name of Melody. Time magazine covered it and said she she's about to cause a, a war. Because in order to start sacrifices again, it says the Jews have to know who the priests are. They now know who the priests are. Next, they have to know where the sacrifice should be done. Time magazine said they know exactly where it should be done. But the only thing missing, they need the cremated ashes of a red heifer to begin the whole process again. Some, the old priest, believe that they've got to find something of the original ones. Let me tell you how the story works. Remember this one that was done in Numbers 19? Okay, so they cremate the, the heifer. They put the ashes into a, a pot that they make. It's called a kalil. It's made of the manure of an animal with clay. They put it in there, and then little by little, they, they take a rod, they dip it in there. A little bit of ash on the rod goes into the water. They stir that around, and now they use that until all the ash is gone. And then, when they sacrifice a new red heifer, they put the first pot and burn it with the second heifer. And they continue to do that so that something, theoretically, uh, the first red heifer is still present in the last one some people believe that just before the destruction of the temple in 7 a.d there was a red heifer that was cremated the ashes were put in a pot they were they were taken on the way from jerusalem to masada as they ran there and there the people died no one knew where the the, the Kalil was hidden but in the last few years they found caves and they found instructions and so on like that and so they continue to look for these and so that's how the story of vindal jones who Hollywood calls Indiana Jones, took place. And I give you some of the details in your handout. I don't have time for them here. But now let's fast forward. Because for the last few years, people are all excited because they continue to try to look for a red heifer. And like I say, we, we visited a caboose. Here was Melody. Everyone was excited. She was a spoiled cow. Everyone treated her very special. We were there. We fed her. We treated her special. But they found seven or eight white hair. She was eliminated. But recently, five totally red heifers that are now have been flown to Israel are under inspection because they believe that all five of these meet the qualifications. Uh, let me tell you how important it is. Of the five, they're going to put two in one place and one in another place and two in another place because the Muslims believe this. Here's what their Bible says. Whoever has the ashes of the red heifer will control the world. So the Muslims want it. The Jews want it. I mean, th- this is incredible. So now, here's a man, he's inspecting the, the red heifer to make sure that even the hair nostrils are red. And let's take a look at a, a video. This is from just uh, in the last couple weeks.
2: For anybody who's just arriving now, we are anxiously awaiting to see our red heifers that we have just flown over. They boarded plane last night uh, in New York I believe. They came all the way from Texas, at least some of them. I'll have more details as we as we go along. It's been very hush-hush, very secretive because first of all um, we don't like to raise hopes and then have them dash. They were supposed to arrive even a month ago and then because the temperature was too high in the United States at the day of the flight they couldn't board the flight.
1: The, uh, we
2: interrupt the rabbi because the uh, the red heifers are, are arriving right now. Wow, these look like the finest red heifers from around the world. Mm. For those not familiar with the song, it's all about the Holy Temple.
1: Well, you can see there's quite a bit of excitement. And um, and the, the guy can't help but join in with a song concerning it. Why, why am I excited about it? Well, here's why. Because the Bible has something to say about this for the last days. First of all, every aspect of the red heifer sacrifice was fulfilled in Christ. So I'm not really looking for the red heifer. I'm looking for Jesus. But here are the characteristics that, it, that the red heifer fulfilled. Its color, it was red. Everything about it was red. It's a symbol of blood and atonement. It was a female Many of the other sacrifices, they didn't specify whether it was male or female. But this one had to be a female. And here's why. Because you see, the church is pictured as a female. No blemishes. Jesus was perfect. He had no sin. No yoke. Showed a tame, a willing animal. Jesus went to the cross willingly. And, uh, and so we see that there's, there's picture after picture. Now, the thing to me that's exciting is this. Here's a a picture from the Temple Institute. And they show the slaughtering of a red heifer on wood that's going to be cremated. That's their plan. And so they're waiting for what's called the historical moment on the road to purify and redemption. But the reason why they want it, because they believe that if they can begin animal sacrifices, it will encourage the Messiah to come back. Here's my concern. I think it welcomes the Antichrist back and not... Christ. Let's let's look at another aspect of this. Do you know that at the ben Airport they're gearing up for a new bullet train that goes directly from ben Airport straight to the Temple Mount? And, I mean, th- this. there's the sketch. There's the announcement of the train. Next stop, Third Temple. Mark actually has a picture of from the Temple Institute that shows a, a reconstructed temple on the Temple Mount and shows the bullet train as it as it brings people in, and so they're talking about the fact that that people are going to come in record numbers. Hey, speaking of that, isn't it interesting? Record number of Jews visit the Temple Mount. Now there's a sign that says you you can't go up there until they have the the red heifer and cremate it to purify people, but in record numbers they're already showing up, and so. Look at the excitement that that this is causing. Why do I think that's important? Well, you see, just a week or two ago, the head of the Islamic movement, the Temple Mount, said the the Temple Mount belongs exclusively to the Muslims. (laughs) Now think about that. What is the Temple Mount? Well, it's the place where Abraham offered up Isaac. Do, do the Arabs claim Isaac? It's the place that David offered a sacrifice to God to abate the judgment on the threshing floor of Ornan. Do they claim David? It's the place that Solomon built the first temple, and Nehemiah rebuilt the temple, and Herod rebuilt it. Every sacrifice has been done on the temple mount. And they say No. They say that it's not Jewish at all. They say it's it's Islamic. This last week, I didn't put the headline in. Some of you might have seen it announced. It almost caused a war in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount because a man took a ram's horn, one man took one ram's horn and blew it in celebration of Yom Kippur. And the Muslims said that's an excitement to riot. But five times a day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the minaret blows the call to prayer. And it can be right outside a synagogue or a church or a school or a home. And it doesn't matter. And that's not a a call for a riot. They tolerate it. But when one man blows a ram's horn, Islam said, wow, we can't have that. This is a sacred place. (laughs) No ram's horn should be blown on the Temple Mount. And so they call it the invasion of Jews on the very area that God calls important. Let me tell you this. Israel is the hour hand. Jerusalem is the minute hand. And the Temple Mount is the second hand. And so all this excitement for it, well, here's why it's important. Because you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that in the latter days, there will be sacrifices. And and from 70 A.D., When the temple was destroyed until now, officially no animal sacrifices in Israel. From time to time, someone goes out and tries one. I've had a couple friends that have gotten in trouble because they're the zealots who are trying to do this. But in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, it says this, that when the Antichrist makes a treaty, he's going to make a treaty and it's going to allow Israel to go back and officially begin to sacrifice again on the temple mount. And when that happens, guess what? We're on the brink of those sacrifices beginning again. Daniel 9.27 says that when a covenant is made, a, a treaty is going to be made, and Israel is going to say, okay, we'll give in. If we can just go back up, and if we can officially begin to do animal sacrifice, we'll sign whatever treaty you want. And the Bible says for three and a half years, they'll do that, and then the Antichrist, he's going to be jealous. You see, he's empowered by the devil. And the devil was jealous of God, wasn't he? He rebelled in heaven because of his jealousy he was kicked out of heaven for that reason and now the antichrist will say hey i don't want people worshiping anybody but me and so revelation chapter 13 says this that when the antichrist comes he'll stop the sacrifice the only way he can stop it if it starts again but we're watching that take place
0: indiana jones and a totally red heifer from a herd of black and white cows what an amazing episode They say they need the ashes of a red heifer to begin sacrifices, and they have some amazing candidates, as you just saw, that have recently been flown into Israel. The Jewish people believe that they need these ashes to be cleansed and to worship God. There are some verses that come to mind when I hear that in the book of Hebrews. I'd like to read them to you. Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 11. But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who offered himself without spot to God, to purge our conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. Wow, those are some amazing verses. I'm so glad that I didn't miss the Messiah when he came the first time. Through faith in his finished work on the cross, I have been made righteous in the eyes of God and have eternal life you too can have that peace of mind and that eternal life. It's really simple. First, you must admit that you are a sinner and that you can't pay the debt you owe for your sins, that you need someone to come in and take that debt from you and place it on them. Next, you must accept that Christ was born of a virgin into this world, that he lived a sinless life, and he went to the cross and shed his own blood for your redemption, for my redemption. For the sins of the entire world that in death he put away the handwriting of ordinances that were against us that he rose again the third day and is in heaven right now preparing a place for us finally you must place your trust in him claim his payment for your sins that you're righteous now in the sight of god then you too will have eternal life and these things coming in the very near future are things you don't have to go through. Won't you make that decision today? I encourage you to please reach out to us if you have any questions. And if you're not sure where you would spend eternity if you were to die today, please contact us and we'll show you how you can know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, where you will spend eternity. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the platform we have in which to proclaim your truth to share the gospel the good news i just pray as we go forward throughout our lives those of us who already have eternal life will be sharing it with those around us and those who may question where they'll spend eternity will reach out and that someone will help guide them to salvation through your son i pray these things in jesus name amen